Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Ben Mervis, Editor-in-Chief of FAIR, the magazine that travels to a different city each issue to report on the food culture it finds there. For their latest issue, they went off to Antwerp in Belgium and produced a magazine full of local favourites like uh, frites and croquettes uh, and, of course, Belgian beer, um, but also some more surprising foods like falafel from the city's largely Jewish diamond district and also loads of other stories that really aren't anything to do with food at all, but which help to convey a sense of Antwerp's character. As he explains, their trips to the city were completed by the start of March, just before coronavirus restrictions kicked in. But of course, we live in a very different world now, and I was really interested to hear how they've changed the way that they work with FAIR to make sure that the magazine stays viable for as long as these various restrictions are going to remain in place. This is clearly a labour of love for him and the rest of the team and he shared loads of details on the specifics of how he makes it all fit together and all work. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Ben from FAIR. Uh, Ben, thank you so much for making time to talk. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So um, you are the editor-in-chief uh, of Fair Magazine. Um, you've been doing this for a, a little while now. When did you start? Started Fair. Uh, our first issue came out in May of 2017. Right. Okay. So we're, we're over three years into this then. Um, and your latest issue um, went off to Antwerp. Um, maybe we should start by just saying, why Antwerp? Well, why do you go there? Sure. Um, well... I thought a lot about this, the kind of series of cities that we had featured so far. And I wanted to find a balance between um, the vibe evoked by these cities. I mean, if you're a longtime reader of FAIR or have picked up a few magazines, you might have noticed my tendency to pick kind of gritty, rough around the edges cities. <laughs> uh, and you see that in a big way with Glasgow and Tbilisi, but also... Istanbul and to some extent Helsinki. So for me, Antwerp was about finding somewhere maybe a little bit more polished, a little bit just kind of more familiar and and kind of nicer on a surface level, uh, but still with plenty of depth. Um, but it was also a kind of, uh, I mean, I, I jumped into it without knowing what it was going to be like. I kind of knew it by uh some elements of the reputation like the fashion and i knew some of the history my own background is in history so i was interested in that but knew not so much <laughs> um so it was kind of going in going in in the dark and uh but but i loved doing that um that's yeah, part of the fun for me because I, I guess that must be sort of the situation wherever you go i mean that even even a city that you might think you know relatively well if you go and spend a lot of time there and and go out as you do deliberately looking for interesting stories, you're going to find surprising stuff. Absolutely. And, and part of the fun of the magazine is that I think each, uh, the kind of curation of, of content in the magazine very much reflects the way that the, um, that the research was conducted and, and, our trips there. Um, I mean, the topics of conversation that we had with locals, they form um, 
I mean, they really influence the way in which we explore that city in print. Um, so that's, and it, it's such a fun process. And uh, I mean, I, I'm going to come off as like the magazine's biggest fan, but I, I really, <laughs> one of the thing that I love so much about FAIR is that it has been able to um, have so many different diverse interests. Uh, so it's not just about food. I mean, it, it's sort of ostensibly a food and travel magazine, but it's more, you know, the point of everything is to get at the culture. So, um, so you kind of land in the city. I mean, saying this as the person who's conducting the research trips, you land in the city and, and knowing kind of just little things about it. It's so fun because I do kind of love completely what the magazine loves as well. Um, it's just a real treat to be able to explore and kind of know that even when I'm going on these little kind of digressions um, and, and little kind of side adventures in the city, that that's something that can be reflected in print. So mm -hmm. um, stop me if I'm digressing a little too much here, but like in Tbilisi, for instance, um, we had a little, uh, probably like two page spread on uh, Backstreet Cha-Cha. And that was just uh, Rick, who's my art director and myself and, and Sam, one of our main photographers. And we found ourselves in the back streets of this market, uh, just drinking Cha-Cha in a very kind of dodgy, uh, I mean, to call it a bar is is, uh, <laughs> is 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 maybe not the right word exactly, but so that that kind of exploration is really fun. So uh, kind of looping back around to what what you were saying, yeah. The even if you do know the city, it will always have new stories to tell, and mm. when you don't know it, it's even more exciting in it in a sense. Yeah, yeah. So you you talk about the the research trips, and so tell me a bit about the process of this because. Obviously, I mean, making a travel magazine, you need to travel, you need to go there. But when you go like, you know, how, how do you stop it from just being a lovely little holiday? And how do you turn it into a, a trip where you're going to be able to make a magazine at the end? Sure. And I usually, um, not usually, I always show up with an agenda. Um, uh, I mean, this is kind of boring, but uh, the, the realities are that we probably can't afford to be there for A, very long, or mm. B, you know, doing many return trips. So uh, so we do have to think about how that is going to structure the trip. Um, with Tbilisi and with Antwerp, we were lucky enough to be able to do, uh, in the case of Tbilisi, a long trip and um, or longer for us. And then with Antwerp, uh, uh, multiple trips so that we knew when we showed up, we didn't have to have everything kind of in motion and ready to go. Sure. Whereas um, with some of the other cities, we kind of had a lot of it planned already. Okay. On Monday, we're going to be shooting this. We know we want that locked in for the magazine. So, but um, like I said, just before there, um, I kind of have a draft table of contents in mind mm -hmm. and then I show up and certain things really make sense, really resonate with the city and they stay. And then other things are like, no, that, that I, I might've thought that before I arrived, but now I am here and it just is not as important. It's, it doesn't really, uh, it's not as relevant as I thought it might sure, be. Sure. Um, so the, 
table of contents really takes shape when we're there and 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 after we're there i'm usually i mean makes sense but i'm usually the first person to go there or part of the first trip to go there so uh there will be for instance sam or liz uh, our main photographers will be probably traveling there either they're with me at that time or they're with or they're following up later so the things that we um, explore and discover um, we don't need to be shooting right away but there are some things that we know for instance with Antwerp we knew that um, the Planten Moritus Museum this amazing um, 16th century uh, printing house that is now a museum I think it's the only UNESCO World Heritage uh, site that is also a museum um and we knew that that was going to be amazing and we were just going to love that like everything about it uh so we knew that from the start we could just shoot day one mm, uh, mm, but mm. most other things kind of take shape as we're there so so you talk about that you know sometimes you'll have a longer trip sometimes you do it over several shorter trips how long are you roughly spending in a city to be able to make an issue um well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say several days, and that doesn't sound like quite long enough. The realities are uh, we're a small magazine. <laughs> and so and so as much as I would love to say that um, uh, that we relocate to that city for a month and a half and we all kind of devote our time to that, maybe that would be great if if we had the if we had the budget and the, and the flexibility to do that. But um yeah, as I said, the reality is is just sort of uh, four or five days mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is what we might do for the first research trip, and that's the one that I'll be on, and maybe Sam or Liz will be on that as well, maybe Rick, and then and there will be later ones as well. So if I go on the first one and I have time to think about the things that I saw, and then uh, Liz and Rick travel together to to. Antwerp in this case and then um and then they have a different experience and we talk about it so it 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 kind of is not only about the amount of time we spend there but the amount of time we have to think Mm. about Mm -hmm. how um how we felt about the city the things that were important and so that again takes shape it takes time to take shape um so not only the the time we spend there but the time we have to think about it and, sure. and form an opinion about it is also important. So I wouldn't be able to, for instance, uh, decide on everything the moment after. Mm, um, mm, yeah, yes. it, it, it strikes me that all of this is talking about um, a world that we don't live in anymore. I mean, the just the, the idea of being able to like go off to a city with some people and spend four days intensively going to different restaurants and things. You, am I right in saying that you started this issue before lockdown and so actually the, the stuff that we're seeing in here was, was before uh, the, these restrictions were in place? Yeah, so basically everything in the magazine, or I mean, with the exception of the editor's note in which I discussed COVID, um, I mean, the rest of the magazine is pretty untouched by COVID. We did our last uh, research trip in I think the first week of March. Liz mm-hmm. went out there by herself and, wow, and so took, just uh, just in yeah, time. Just in time. Um, and and then we we commissioned pieces since then, but those pieces were able to be done 
the illustrations were able to be done uh, remotely. Sure. That's pretty easy so, and, and not restricted by, by COVID. In, in fact, maybe made easier by COVID in some ways. Right, but right. we had some kind of events tied into the launch of Antwerp that were made uh, no longer viable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm struck like, in, in these conversations where I, like, you know, I talk to magazine makers about the stuff that they're doing. It, it feels like we're in a moment right now where we've got magazines coming out which because they were started before the lockdown you know they're still viable it, it, they still got made and maybe there were a few changes to the like the way that they were approached but they're still okay i mean is it possible for you to do that can you make fair in these current conditions yeah so um wait till issue eight <laughs> see how that affects fair um you know i i knew that we weren't going to be affected, uh, that issue seven wouldn't be profoundly affected by COVID mm. uh, in terms of its production. But I also knew that if things did not change quickly, issue eight would be. Um, and so we changed things up for issue eight. I think I'm okay to say here that, uh, I mean, I won't reveal what city it is, but we changed, I mean, uh, <laughs> we had to take some pretty make some pretty big concessions about what we could and couldn't do for the newest issue of the magazine so incidentally this will be the first issue of fair where i don't actually get to go to the city oh no <laughs> so um <laughs> so this this is a really interesting one what we've done is we've just changed the structure of the magazine um uh, so this is the forthcoming issue will be out in in late november early december um but what I've done is I've worked with uh, a friend of mine who, for the city we've chosen, is the guy. He knows that place better than anyone else. He's written books on it. He knows, you know, in, the, in this case, he knows the culture, knows the, um, uh, knows the food, has, is writing multiple cookbooks with with the most interesting people in the city and so we invited him and he's also a fan of our magazine and has run similar um well websites but similar kind of stuff to what we do um and we've brought him on board as a kind of guest curator mm. so we take our um our approach to the mag and we've talked through the city and what's interesting about it and and i've told him the kind of pieces we love most and what we're looking to emphasize and then putting a lot of trust in him i mean we we do everything in a collaborative way there's nothing that he's gone this is what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. it's a lot of what do you think about this and and giving a kind of list of possibilities but yeah so I mean, for issue eight, and then as long as travel is not a really viable thing, um, it's it's going to be done with with guest curators, which I have to say, to be honest, is also great for uh, having someone else on board who's like, uh, because I, I work by myself, typically. Um, so having someone else on board to like, uh, brainstorm ideas in a in a and have that kind of um, sounding board for things is has been great this this is what this is one of the things i suppose that that this is one of the prime experiences of covid is that actually it has kind of hurried along 
some things that were probably coming anyway. So, you know, just in, in the way that we all live our lives now, like the, you know, we're so much more online, for example, and like that was happening already, but it, it's like it's leapt forward. It sounds like maybe this is the sort of change that with FAIR may have come along at some point anyway, but actually just the expediency of, of COVID means that you've had to jump into it now. Yeah, totally. And and if you look back at, at previous issues, it's not, we didn't have a title for it, but there are people who um, uh, have had that kind of role with us from issue to issue. So in Istanbul, uh, my friend Mehmet, uh, Mehmet Gers and Jemra Narin, and then in Helsinki, Kenneth Nars, these people who come to mind for me as being gateways into the city mm. who were so helpful for us in um, in exploring the city. And this is just a more formal version of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I mean, it's something that we could have done in the, um, that might have happened in the future anyway. One thing that I would say is a... Um, a real silver lining to this is that I've I've said okay you know what I think that the magazine can be done successfully without us having been there uh, to do it uh, the, uh, uh, on a research trip but what I would like to get as a result of that um, or sorry in addition to that is if that's going to be the case let's choose a city that would have been very expensive to get right, to. Right, yeah. Uh, so we've chosen, it's a, it's a, I won't say where, but we're choosing a city and a continent that would have been difficult, uh, not impossible at all, but, um, and, and very much a city that I've had wanted to do for a while, but would not have been able to fly Rick and Sam and Liz over there together. So, mm, mm, mm. Uh, and myself, so that, was a big i mean it was like well if i can't go there i might as well pick a place that i couldn't have gone anyway yeah yeah, um, yeah. So. i mean to be honest that that is in a much smaller way that's my experience with this podcast like the, i used to have a rule for myself that i you know we we had the podcast with people who were in town and they came to the office and we'd sit and talk because i really like the experience of being face to face so then covid means you can't do that anymore so it means that you know you're in glasgow at the moment but we don't have to wait for you to come down to London. We can just like arrange a time to talk now. I'm 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 really interested in how you end up doing this though. I mean the you know, people uh can probably hear from your accent. You are not originally from Glasgow. Uh so how how, how do you end up uh up in Scotland and, and making this food magazine? Yeah, so um I came to Scotland on my study abroad year. Um, came to Glasgow and just fell in love with the city, felt so welcomed. And I was really, I felt so at home with the way people are um, honest and good natured uh, by and large and good, you know, good humored uh, people and just never wanted to leave. I think I was, I, I showed up in the right point in my life where I just kind of needed a, wanted a fresh start, um, at that kind of awkward phase of, of um, <laughs> kind of you know early university years or whatever, if, if things weren't working out in your old place, then coming to a place where you're just so welcomed and well received from the start yeah. has a has a real lasting impression on you, and that's the way it was for me. And what, what uh, was what was your old place? 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm from Philadelphia. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm from Philadelphia, but I've lived on and off in the UK for the last 11 years. So, I mean, I, I talk about things that are American and I can't, I mean, I can't really relate to that too much anymore. I mean, I'm, I never even experienced uh, kind of coming of age turning 21 in the US. So mm. when I go back to the US, I don't even really know how to tip at a bar. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, so it's, it's, I definitely feel very at home in Glasgow. And um, so, so, so then how, how do you end up making a food magazine in Glasgow? Yeah. Um, it was more about where do I feel at home to make the magazine. So I, I after living in Glasgow, I moved on a total whim to Copenhagen uh, just because I absolutely fell in love with the city and it's still another home for me, Copenhagen. Uh, and I fell into the food world. I mean, that's, that's just how it happened. I sent, I had studied, um, I said before I, I studied history, I studied medieval history and, uh, there you'll be surprised to know are not many jobs in medieval history and I'm <laughs> not sure I would have wanted them anyway. And so I wanted something more arts, music, food, culture, something like that. And I applied unsolicited to 200 different places and finally got an internship with a nonprofit working in food that was attached to a famous restaurant called Noma. Mm -hmm. And over time I kind of rose through uh rose from kind of being an intern to um to the kind of like pa role for their high profile um head chef rene Rizzepi. and then our we would travel together uh doing tv shows research trips events blah 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 and i was always something that impressed upon me uh through traveling with him was how he would um take in a new uh, culture through its food. We would always be going for big dinners and the chefs who would show us around, they were not just taking us to the coolest place. They were taking us to these, you know, they were taking us to the back alley, you know, mm. hole in the wall kind of mm. places, mm. grandmother's cooking. And, and so that was like my formative experience in terms of the taste of the magazine. I mean, if you are reading, if you've read the magazine, a few issues of the magazine, you know that like, it's so fair to be going to like the grandmother's, <laughs> the grandmother's kitchen, uh, drinking with old men, this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I authentic can mean so many things these days, but that experience feels so genuine to me and is something that impressed upon me through traveling with Renee. Um, and then when I left Noma, I had, uh, I had gotten into uh, print magazines. I was actually a stack subscriber fairly, <laughs> not not super early on, but uh, maybe like 2015 or so. Okay, yeah, and, yeah early enough, uh, yeah. And, uh, and bought a million magazines. <laughs> and then uh, just decided that I wanted to kind of give life to my experiences and, and, um, and the kind of way that I was uh, taking this all in uh, traveling um, I mean, I have some other boring reasons why it made sense to do a travel magazine, but, um, but that's just the, the way it took shape. And then over time it's gone, felt really right. I mean, I, when I started it, I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. And now 
uh, I think the last few issues, we've really hit our stride. Mm-hmm. It's interesting as well that, um, so, you know, faced with these challenges that we have now, you chose, instead of just kind of taking a break from the magazine, um, you chose to change the way you're doing things and stay on schedule. That yeah. feels like it speaks to, I don't know, maybe the magazine uh, having a kind of professionalism. I mean, that a lot of the magazines that we work with the magazine comes out when people are ready to put the magazine out because there's no advertising that, you know, there are no sort of commercial relationships. How how does that fit for you? Is is this a magazine that, you know, you you need it to come out because this is your job? Uh, Well, I I want the magazine to keep on schedule uh, because, well, I mean, this is kind of boring, but there's, there's, um, I mean, it kind of needs to. If we if we don't release on schedule, then the people who have subscriptions, uh, we have to cancel their subscriptions or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It, it endangers the livelihood of of or you know the revenue streams of the magazine. But but more significantly, I'd say it's to do with. Um, I mean, I, I kind of need it for myself. It gives me structure that as a uh, freelance self employed person, I crave that kind of like ongoing project and uh over time we found a way of of um restructuring the process of each issue so that we feel like we have enough time and and we we uh especially with with antwerp uh i don't i don't think we ever felt like really properly rushed we got everything done in the amount of time we needed to get you know it's always a little bit of a rush towards the very end a little bit tense but um but we did it in, in pretty good time. And then with, with this future issue, I almost said the city. Um, <laughs> with this future issue. Um, if, if I keep you talking for long enough, you're going to say it. <laughs> oh, I will, for sure. Um, uh, with this future city, I uh, we planned it early, even earlier than normal. So now we're kind of having a little bit of overlap where the end of one issue overlaps with the start of the next issues process, mm. uh, which is giving us even more time. Uh, but... The reality was in in the past, um, I the magazine was um, was close to breaking even, but I was subsidizing the rest of topping up the rest of the running costs from my own salary. Mm. Uh, so I was getting some. Uh, I had like a good amount of consultancy work, um, which allowed me to. Um, put money into the magazine to keep it going. Um, and I think that that's, I mean, that's a reality of indie magazines is that they're not always financially viable, but you do have to think about it. Like maybe uh, the magazine is my business card, my mm. portfolio, whatever mm. it is. And the work that I get becomes easier for me to get because I have the magazine. Mm. Right. Mm. So, so if you think of it, I mean, it's kind of rather limited to just think of it as the magazine is only um, useful for itself. It's also um, useful as a as a kind of greater business that you know ties in my expertise with that sort of work, um, and then I can apply it in different ways. I think a, a lot of other magazines like Serial and Kinfolk have found success in establishing their voice and then using that reputation to find other work. Uh, but COVID has put a lot of that in danger um, because I've 
lost a lot of the work mm. that I was doing before previously mm. with restaurants and with TV. Um, but I think that it's starting to come back. Um, but it, like one of my main projects at the moment is, uh, or my main project at the moment is I'm writing a cookbook. I'm writing a book uh, for Fiden, so a major international publisher. And so I, I do have that a little bit more flexibility uh, because of that. But that's also one of the reasons why um, why I keep the magazine going. Because uh, I mean, I love working with Fiden, but you are working with someone who has their own systems, whereas the magazine is totally yours. Yeah. So. I, I've really appreciated having my own magazine since I've been doing a book for someone else because um, I get to call all the shots. If you know, like it's it's totally my vision. Um, that makes it sound like I'm taking credit for everyone's work. I'm not, but I guess I mean that like I'm able to veto things if they don't fit with the magazine. Whereas sure. with a book for someone else, you put forward what you want to say and they might edit it or they might um you know choose the cover of the book and it's not exactly what you wanted or what you know you don't get to call all the shots so that's as a as a kind of creative uh medium um i've really valued the magazine now so it's like um totally become this thing that's important for me on a personal level as as kind of creative expression yeah yeah well i mean this is something that we we hear a lot from magazine makers um and i mean i'm very very pleased for one thing that you are keeping going and that you are keeping on making this and i hope that this uh means that it it stays being a a viable thing for you to keep doing in the future thank you yeah me too fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) cheers ben thanks thanks so much Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Ben for speaking with me and I'm really looking forward to seeing that next issue when it comes out in November with its new distanced approach to reporting. Of course, we have copies of the Antwerp issue available to buy in the Stack Shop now. So if you want to see this one for yourself, head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and have a look there. And remember, you get 10% off all of our magazines and our subscription when you use the code podcast at checkouts. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.